It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Unspoken. Issues. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Unspoken Issues podcast. We are back and we are going to be discussing Wonder Woman Plus tonight. And these were some titles that myself, I think I've seen one, but I, I learned from one Dean Compton that this was a series of titles that had come out, but it looks like they came out late 96. There were a bunch of plus issues. Yep. So, Dean, real quick, I mean, any idea what was the thought behind these? You know, I'm not I, I'm not entirely sure of every vestige of the thought process behind them, but it seems obvious that most of them were gonna put a character with another with a hotter, more visible, higher branded character, Azrael plus the question. Wonder Woman plus Jesse Quick. There was a few others I can't remember, but most of them seem to be to elevate uh, either elevate a superhero who was maybe seen on a lesser tier than their plus counterpart. Or in the case of Superman plus the Legion of Superheroes, it was to remind you that continuity had changed. Part of the Legion was in the current time period now and kind of strengthen that bond and also be like, hey, if you're reading Superman now, where we're sort of using some Legion guys as supporting characters, maybe you'll like the Legion book as well. And here's some of them together. So it could have also been a... I, 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 I need to look more into this. I couldn't find the answer. It could have been a fifth week event. Okay. It could have been an ongoing thing. I, I cannot, I could not find that information, but I reached out to a couple of people and didn't hear anything back from them. Okay. So, but, well, uh, but yeah, it's definitely a vehicle to get people to look into another character paired with uh, a character that's perceived to be more popular. Yeah. My first impression when I was reading the book, I was like, oh, this is number one of a continuing title where the, it's going to be Wonder Woman plus somebody else, a team up. Like, like Marvel team up, like Marvel, Marvel two team and up. one. Right. And then you, of course, told me, no, they had a whole series of plus issues where it was other characters plus another one. So I have the impact impact plus. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I cannot remember who it is. I just know that I have the impact issue. You mean impulse? Oh, yeah. So, oh, my yeah. goodness. Cyberforce. You're thinking of Cyberforce. <laughs> we haven't gotten five minutes into this motherfucker, and you're already drifting. Your thoughts are already of ballistic and velocity. Uh, you on your toes. That's all I'm saying. No, it's not, it's not it. That's, it's all about Cyberforce. That's not what it is. Jesse, 
Jesse eats, sleeps, breathes, and dreams Cyberforce. That's right, I do. That's right. Yes, I didn't Impulse. think I get that one in so fast. We haven't even introduced Emily yet, but here we go. But I could <laughs> you love that softball. I'm a knocker. I know, dude. I know. Yeah, Impulse. I have the Impulse Plus issue, and I cannot remember who he teams up with in that. Can't either, but Robin? It's, it feels like a really... I'm going to look it up here just real quick. I'm looking it up right now, brother. You, you, let's see who wins. It'll be you. Gross. Yeah. You're, so it's Robin plus Impulse. And so Robin had Impulse in his book. And yeah, it's Impulse plus glo- Gross Out was the other one. Yeah. So what so, the, who the hell is Gross Out? I don't know off the top of my head. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I've um, never heard of that character. Uh, somebody, okay, they're from Scare Tactics, which was a, I don't know, I can't rem- I, I, I remember hearing about it vaguely, but it was kind of the Howling Commandos vein. Good thing these monsters are on our side! The masked third tiger. Right, right, right. <laughs> Gross out. Uh, Emily, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here to discuss some more comics with us. By the way... She holds the title, the 2024 title uh, for Unspoken Issues and actually the Source Material Comics podcast, if I remember correctly, for having the most listens. That's right. The the episode that you were on uh, where we talked Sandman had the most listens last year. So 2023, I said 2024, 2023. So it's good to have you back. We'll put this one right here in the annals of history again. I kind of bumped <laughs> these numbers up for you guys. That's right, damn it. That's right. It's all about the rating. Yeah. Undisputed champ right here. (laughs) Hold it over him. So, okay, you got in on this, and I don't know if it's just because Dean requested it or if you had a, if you wanted to discuss this. Let me just ask Emmy, did you, have you ever read any of these plus issues before we had the chance to talk about them? I have not. I think this was a fairly, not random in the bad sense (laughs) selection, but just a, hey, this looks fun. You use the word random, and that's kind of the way I felt, too. I was like, man, this is an oddball. Why this one? Because it just it didn't seem like there was of all the issues in the middle of this plus event. It was this one. So I guess Dean's the one that's that's got to answer that question. Why'd you pick it? I don't have to answer shit. Okay, I ain't got to tell you goddamn thing. Right, I'm, I, I'm, I am going to assert my 90s Fifth Amendment rights. <laughs> uh, it's an extreme version of the Fifth Amendment. Right, right, right. It's, it's, the, it's, it's the Fifth Amendment, but it's on a skateboard with a Mountain Dew. <laughs> no, for real, I'm a little extra time right now, and so we picked something that I, I was just looking for, something that was like a nice one-shot we could get in and out of. And we really have never talked a whole lot about Wonder Woman. True. And so I was like, hey, let's get, let's talk some Wonder Woman. We'll get a lady on here to talk Wonder Woman. Plus yep. Jesse Quick. I'm a big Jesse Quick mark. This is why it's so important to have a woman in the podcast room. Right, exactly. So. <laughs> well, I think it's, it, does, it makes sense you haven't talked about Wonder Woman as super ton. Because I, I think her popularity and visibility as a character hasn't necessarily waned over time. I think she's always been Wonder Woman, but I don't think of her as a 90s character. Right. She's not right. necessarily emblematic of that decade. I mean, I, I would I would kind of agree because I certainly wasn't reading Wonder Woman in the 90s. Now, there's a couple of events that happened, I think, in the 2000s. But it's in the 90s. I certainly wasn't picking up Wonder Woman and thinking there was anything big going on there. Well, y'all are mistaken. The 90s no. were a nice decade for Wonder Woman. <laughs> First off, you get the the really treasured William Messner Loeb's run. 
I think a lot of people, which is referenced in this book, she works for Taco Wiz for a little bit. Everybody right. kind of seen that cover. Brian Ballin does covers for Wonder Woman Forever. They're terrific. We wind up with a really good Artemis replacing Wonder Woman story, which we plan to talk about later. Right. Right. And then also the John Byrne run of Wonder Woman, where he does a lot of things. Some of them people like, some of them they don't, but he gets her back to a superhero's basic fighting, doomsday fighting, dark side. Later, she gets replaced by her mom, who goes back in time and joins the Justice Society to fill some continuity holes there. And then he tells stories of her back in World War II. It's a mixed bag, but it certainly is something that people talk about as John Byrne's run on Wonder Woman. And so while she's not seen as the most extreme characters, she was prominent in the 90s. So I think the real problem with Wonder Woman, and this is a, I don't think it's that hot of a take, but it can be seen as controversial, is there's like four stories. When it comes, Wonder Woman obviously has a long history, but it's there, there, there are periods where it's not that rich of a history. Mm. And in some ways, we've gone back to celebrate the zany fucking sci-fi 50s Batman stuff. And we've gone back to celebrate a lot of the Mort Weisinger edited imaginary tale Superman stuff. But there's no real equivalent for 50s Wonder Woman. It's like you read the really weird BDSM early Wonder Woman stuff. And then you get to the, I'm no longer Wonder Woman, I do fucking karate now stuff. Mm. <laughs> and then she comes back to the JLA, and that's approximately 75, 76. And then there's not really much that happens with her until she dies in the, in the Earth 2, Wonder Woman dies in the crisis, and then George Perez reboots it, gets it really back to a great mythological field, and there's the Loeb stuff, the Burn stuff. And I honestly think since the turn of the century, DC's done a pretty good job of keeping Wonder Woman not just prominent, but having good creators go in and out and try and tell really good Wonder Woman stories. But there's this 50-year period where there's 40 issues you that are, you've got to read. And, and and again, I don't want to knock Wonder Woman. I think Wonder Woman's a fantastic character with a good, good background, good history, good characterization, but... It, she was just seen as it also ran for a while. Mm-hmm. by Not by necessarily her fans, but by the DC comics. Yeah. It's not yeah. necessarily a knock on the character. It's a testament to the character that she could have that high level of visibility without having necessarily a lot of super iconic and well-known stories and a lot of variety of stories that uh, got told with her. Well, there's another piece to that. And that is that the guy who created Wonder Woman... What's his name? William Marston Moulton or something? He made a deal. He was a shrink, right? When he created I I, Wonder Woman. Yep. And he made a deal. He was smarter than most of the 18, 21 year old kids that DC was taking advantage of and, and uh, timely at the time, Fox, whoever. And he was like, if you ever stop publishing Wonder Woman for a certain amount of time, Wonder Woman's mine. Wonder, and, and to this day, that exists. And if DC stops, from what I understand, if DC stops publishing Wonder Woman, its ownership and trademark and copyright will revert to his family. Plus, they get they get a percentage, which is these say, like unheard of things to back then. For. Then, right. but like he was a shrink. He had already published a couple books, so I think it's a combination of the two. I think you're right, Emily. Wonder Woman has that great look, the lasso iconic and really embedded herself into the, uh, the psyche of Americana. But at the same time, even if her sales weren't that great and sometimes they weren't, you would tolerate the low sales because you didn't want to lose the IP. Does that make sense, Emily? 
Absolutely. They're like, this week, Wonder Woman goes to the mall. Right, right, right. <laughs> Wonder Woman wears pants now. I remember when she wore the pants, and that was, for whatever reason, a big deal in, like, 2007 or 8 or something. Let's see those stems, guys. I just... It's, it's, it's like when Chris Jericho went from long pants to trunks, and Jim Ross was like, why have you been hiding those lines from <laughs> <laughs> Except the opposite. It's like, whoa, you look good in pants. Why, why don't you keep yourself warm all this time, Diana Prince? But uh, but yeah, I think the 90s are better to Wonder Woman than it seems off the top at first glance. Well, we've talked a lot about Wonder Woman. Her name is on this book, but my goodness, I think we've come to a conclusion there prior to this recording that this is not Wonder Woman's book. Yeah, this, it should really be called Jesse Quick plus Wonder Woman. Right, right, exactly. This is a story that primarily features Jesse Quick. And uh, Dean, I'll leave it up to you here to kind of give us an idea of who Jesse Quick is. Y'all, I'm going to tell you who Jesse Quick is. Because that's the kind of guy I am. He's, he's a good sit guy. Under the learning tree. <laughs> sit, under, come sit under the learning tree for a minute. Jesse Quick's dad is Johnny Quick, who is a golden age speedster, who Johnny Chambers is his real name. He was a newsman, and he he was taught a mantra, which is a mathematical equation that would enable him to have super speed. He taught the same thing to his daughter. Her first appearance is in uh, Justice Society of America, Volume 2. Number one, the Mike Parabek, Lynn Straczewski, very heralded run that I think made me and a lot of people fall in love with the Justice Society of America. That's her first appearance. And she's kind of, she's a legacy character. And it seems funny. If you're going to fucking talk about DC Comics and you talk about speedsters, you're going to wind up talking about legacy characters. Mm. The Flash is all about legacy. And there's no reason why Johnny Quick, his fellow hot stepper, if you will, would have his own legacy. And and this is his. And Jesse Quick also has inherited the powers of her mom, Liberty Bell, who had, who... I, she, if you rang the Liberty Bell, she would get super strength. And later on, under Roy Thomas's All Star Squadron, he makes that's when her and Johnny Quick become a couple. She becomes the leader of the All Star Squadron. She's a very tough, no nonsense, go get them gal. One of those Rosie the Riveter, yes, we can. Uh, <laughs> type ladies from the 40s who developed her own following and she, she's uh she, she's very very well liked and later jesse quick will adopt more of a in the jeff johns jsa she'll become more of like a liberty belt looking character than johnny quick looking character mm -hmm. uh I think she may go by, I can't remember if she changes her name or not, but I want to say she does, but she has the powers of both her mom or dad, and that's what she does with Jesse Quick. She's got slightly elevated superhuman strength, and she's super fast as long as she knows the quadratic equation. But it turns out, as we're learning about this time, none of the super speedsters get their speed that way, unless you're a Superman, Wonder Woman, Captain Marvel. If you're just a speedster, you get it from the speed force, and this this is just her trick to access the speed. Okay. Okay. And her dads. And her dads. Yeah. When we start this book out, one of the big things that they talk about and one of the driving forces behind this story as well is, is Jesse's dad has passed away. Now, I don't know how soon that has been, but it, it seems like it's definitely left a mark on her because she remembers at her mom's or at her father's funeral the way her mom actually 
was taking the death and how it how it affected her. So any idea off the top of your head how recent that is in the books as far as Johnny Quick dying? This came out in 97. Yeah. Within two years of real time. Okay. All right. So it it was in the 90s as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He dies. The big adventure they're on in the book happens in The Flash. (laughs) Savitar is a Flash villain who they're saying is trying to get in the Speed Force and take it over. And all the speedsters get together to stop him and everything. I've read it, and I don't remember as much about it as as I should. but, But yeah, that's all fairly recent. And that's one of the things you can't. You can't get onto them too much for making this a Jesse Quick plus Wonder Woman book. Wonder Woman has several spots, including her own book and Justice League titles to work out shit happening to her. Jesse Quick does not have her own book. She is a supporting character in two different realms at this point, the JSA. They don't have a book at this point, but she's still attached to them, and she's also a Flash supporting character. Mm-hmm. You're using actual knowledge of comic book publishing to figure out how long ago it was. My dumbass is flipping through the comics for context clues like, oh, at the funeral, there's leaves falling off the tree, but three pages later, the trees are all bare. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking in real time. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't know exactly when this took place. You could be just a few months later. All right. She's also right. sitting outside in the robe and isn't cold. So Well, she has knows. super speed. So is it like she vibrates? And yeah, she- yeah, yeah. How cold could you ever really get? So, wow. Let's talk about the creative team here real quick. I just throw Let's this out here. Let's do it. Let's do that. Our, our scripter, a name a lot of people are going to recognize, Christopher Priest, which... Alias James Owsley. Yes, alias James Owsley. So I learned... I don't know if you guys have heard this story. Our our good friend Evan Bevins told me that apparently he had lost a bet and that's why he had to change his name. That's what I've heard. Yeah, okay. All right. Interesting. I can't say whether it's true or not. Penciled by Mike Collins, inked by Tom Palmer. It looks like Gaspar is the letterer and Ian Laughlin, colorist. So that is our creative team for the book. I love Mike Collins. I'm a big Mike Collins fan, penciling and writing. And uh, Tom Palmer is arguably the greatest inker of all time. I mean, think about it. The guy was eager on just about every tomb of Dracula. He was on Avengers for literally 30 years. I mean, if he's not the best inker of all time, in and of himself, because normally we think of inkers as pair teams, but he worked right. with so many different guys and did so so much great stuff. If he's not the best inker of all time, I think it's Klaus Jansen. Otherwise, I don't really, I mean, I don't think of people's inks, but those are two guys I can always tell. It's we And Wally Wood, but Wally Wood was just, he's on another level. But it's funny, I can always tell when Tom Palmer inks something, but never in a bad way. It never. It, it's never like, oh, Tom Palmer took this over. It's like, oh, wow, this is really done up nicely. Tom Palmer must have done this. Gotta, gotta been, yeah. Well, and like uh, I said, I love Mike Collins. Really cool guy. I talked to him a couple times on Facebook. Did the Peter Cannon Thunderbolt. Really for DC. Great writer as well as penciler. 
Underrated, well, underrated. We got to talk more about good old MC Mike Collins. MC, MC Mike. Well, if you guys are ready, I'm going to go ahead and hop into the synopsis here of the book. We'll get we'll get that in there. And bear with me. This one, this is a pretty big book. These books were, I mean, they were a little bit larger than a normal comic story, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, they're definitely. I think it, how many I think pages? It's like thirty-nine pages. Yeah. So okay. I think usually you're seeing 28 or something close like that. Close to double. Yeah, close, I think the pages around this time are like 24. So this is 24. like one and a half. Okay. In the heart of Central City, where the sun's rays pierced through the tall sky, skyline, Jesse Chambers, known to the world as the speedy heroine Jesse Quick, found herself at a crossroads of doubt and determination. The somber memory of her mother, Elizabeth Libby Lawrence Chambers, also known as the famed Liberty Bell, haunted her thoughts. Jesse couldn't shake the image of her mother's, mother's regretful expression at her father's funeral. Jonathan Chambers, alias Johnny Quick, had been the embodiment of speed and heroism, but tragedy always seemed to shadow a hero's legacy, making her doubt being a hero was worth it. Amidst the reflections, fate delivered a test of Jesse's resolve. Confronted by a 12-year-old thief clutching an even younger child as hostage, Jesse's heart raced with apprehension. She feared her own super speed might betray her again, failing to save the innocent child. Now, just to stop real quick, clearly at this point in time, she's having some kind of an issue with her powers. Um, I think everybody was... Okay. Because of weirdness of the speed force, but they do give you a footnote that this happened in their showcase title at the time, which I haven't read, so I don't know exactly. But I do know that there was there was lots of speed force shenanigans around this time. Got it. So I assume it has something to do with that. But if I'm wrong, someone feel free to correct me. Yeah. And I will blame Emily. <laughs> Way to go, I'm just Emily. gonna say that you're wrong, just to be contrary. <laughs> that's that's good. That's exactly what I'd do to my wife. Um, <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Contradict him at every turn. Failing this. So she's worried that her, that her own super speed will betray her again. And she may fail to save the innocent child. But as danger loomed, Jesse invoked the familiar formula that granted her superhuman velocity dashing in to rescue the child and shield the thief from a barrage of bullets as well. Returning the child safely to their parents, Jesse grappled with conflicting emotions. Saving lives was her calling, yet the risks gnawed at her. Questions lingered like shadows. How had such a young life strayed into the darkness of crime? The day's events left a lingering ache in Jesse's heart, pushing her to contemplate the perils of continuing in the hero's path. And when her mother, Libby, appeared, it was not with solace, but reprimand for Jesse abandoning a crucial business meeting to heed the call of heroism. Stung by the confrontation, Jesse stormed away, leaving unresolved tension hanging in the air. But destiny weaves unexpected turns. While Libby attempted to rearrange her disrupted schedule, masked assailants, wielding swords, violently intruded. Returning home, Jesse stumbled upon a scene of chaos, finding her mother lying wounded and barely conscious. Amidst fading strength, Libby revealed the attacker sought Hermes' ancient scroll, a relic Jesse had recently, and I'm going to put this in quotes, obtained. Unable to disclose its location, Libby bore the brunt of their, of their fury. Driven by a quest for answers, Jesse felt compelled to decipher the scroll's ancient text. With it inscribed in Greek, she thought ex she saw expertise of Helena Sandsmark for translation. Yet fate had other plans as Jesse stumbled upon Diana Prince, known to the world as Wonder Woman, who confirmed the scroll's authenticity marked by the seal of Hermes. In the midst of this revelation, Savitar's enforcers stormed the office, triggering a cascade of events 
Jesse began to give chase, but was astonished to find she was joined by the one and only Wonder Woman. As clashes erupted, Jesse grew convinced of the Enforcer's intention to resurrect Savitar from the depths of the Speed Force. However, Jesse's confrontation took an unexpected turn. Intent on using the on using force to extract information, Wonder Woman intervened, employing her lasso of truth to unravel the assailant's true motives. They aimed to return the scroll to the Circle of Light. But before Jesse could grasp more, she was rendered unconscious, only to wake. Y'all say that is like the Lion King. Yeah. Circle of life. Yeah, every time they said it, I would just I know that's not what they say in Lion King, but I couldn't help it. And it moves real fast. <laughs> Dude, that's what gets us the ratings. It is. It is. But before Jesse could grasp more, she was rendered unconscious only to awaken and witness Wonder Woman in pursuit of one of the assailants. Identified as now this girl I think goes by a few names, but they're calling her Christina in this, if I remember correctly, yeah. Christina Alexandrova, who was a speed enhanced Soviet experiment, who also was once known as Lady Flash. Am I right there? That sounds correct. Uh, okay. I mean, I, it's clear that she's a speedster and I looked it up there or they actually mentioned in the book, she was ex uh, an experiment by the Soviets looking for leads. I think she calls herself Lady Flash at one point. They say, I don't know anyone else does okay she took yeah she took that title on herself look crazy she is too <laughs> she is quite so looking for leads diana took them on a path to boston seeking counsel from an expert who revealed sir the circle of light may lie in that i can't do it so i'm i probably just tanked our ratings right there but <laughs> may lie in the dominican republic <laughs> Amidst their journey, Jesse marveled at Diana's composed demeanor and found solace in sharing with the struggles they both bore with their mothers. As they edged closer to their destination in the Dominican Republic, Jesse disclosed the harrowing past, how Christina had attempted to murder her, leading to her father's tragic sacrifice into the Speed Force, presumed lost forever. At La Luz Redondo, which I think, I think is the destination here where the Circle of Light exists, their mission reached its zenith. Intent on vengeance, Jesse sought to eliminate Christina and abandon her heroic mantle for good. That's huge. There's a cosmic race through through different realms. <laughs> I don't know if they're going towards the Speed Force, or they're going across the cosmos. I don't know. It's crazy. So it ensues as Christina opens a, a portal to break the Speed Force barrier, and Jesse is in relentless pursuit with a sword and bad intent. In the crescendo of their chase amidst mounting velocity toward the barrier, Jesse found a momentary distraction to launch her assault. Her fury was palpable, echoing her intent to end Christina. Yet, in that crucial moment, Wonder Woman's lasso arrested Jesse's resolve, urging her to reconsider her actions. It was a fleeting respite that allowed Christina to flee, leaving Jesse seething with frustration. However, reality crashed upon her like a tidal wave, revealing a, a truth Jesse had long concealed from herself. Memories flooded in, her simmering resentment towards Wally West, her father's demise during the confrontation with Christina, and the subsequent absence of support from Wally in her time of need. Diana's lasso had stripped away her self-deception, exposing the raw wounds of her past. Returning to the present, shaken and emotionally wrought, Jesse made her way home. It was there at her mother's bedside in the hospital that she realized the urgent need to confront their shared grief over Jonathan's death. Jesse resolved to mend fractured bonds, introduced Diana to her mother, setting the wheels in motion for healing and reconciliation. That was a long synopsis, but I, I wanted to make sure I touched on just about every event that happened in the book because they're all very important. 
I'm going to go ahead. I'll go ahead and start things. I'd like to talk about Jesse Quick. We've already talked a lot about where she came from, but this story is something else, especially for this one random thing that you grabbed. Christopher Priest told a tale here with her. Yeah, I mean, I think the story's a little unwieldy. There's a lot. They try and get a lot in here, but I understand they're not going to get another chance to do it. But yeah, he definitely connects a lot of threads. I I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it just from the emotional journey that she goes through in this story. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a, definitely a roller coaster. I, I guess I'll start with the confrontation with the young thief, which initially I was like, this is kind of... This is she's put in a kind of a precarious situation where she has to try and rescue this young kid from this. I should say this younger kid from this other young kid who's got this kid at gunpoint. She sees that event. She rescues the kid, but that event sticks with her. She kind of sees herself in the this is my take. You guys feel free to chime in. But she kind of saw herself in the kid that was taking the other kid hostage because she saw that that person was kind of throwing their life away and she's been planning. I I could tell it's not like she just leaped to this conclusion. Like I'm going to get revenge on Christina. This is something that's been hanging around over her like a cloud. And it's been bothering her that she's going to get revenge and she's going to kill this girl hero or not. She's going to kill this person. And so she saw this other young kid kind of throwing his life away into a life of crime. Just this one act that he did She's about to do the same thing. I think there's definitely an element of that. I think part of the reason why it's also sticking with her is I think she said something about how her dad never had to put up with this kind of thing, like a 12-year-old holding a 4-year-old at gunpoint. And I don't know if, because this is sort of self-contained to me as somebody who hasn't read any of the comics around it, it's okay, you have all these sort of old-school heroes, now she's a hero for a new age, and this is something she's having to grapple with. This changing of the guard that her parents never would have had to, and it's sort of recontextualizing what her mother said to her about, yeah. this shit isn't worth it. Right. Yeah, right. that's kind of what I got out of out of it, too, was that she's like, oh, this is a new age, and things have changed, and maybe my mom's right. But also, this is one of the first times and one of the times in the book where I'm like, this doesn't go anywhere. You think it's going to be this theme that she's this new hero and she has to deal with these new problems, but it turns out that her big problem is a supervillain trying to get revenge. And I guess the only problem is old as it comes, right? So this is, I, I just thought that this would be based on how heavy it came across the first few pages. We would, we would see more of this. I'm not necessarily complaining that we didn't, but that we would see more of this crime has changed. Now babies are killing babies. No. Type of no. commentary. Right, right, right. To me, it seemed like it was a reflection. She saw a reflection of herself in what was going on. And yeah, she, yeah, just she, there's that mention of how, her dad never had to deal with any of that stuff. And she doesn't and, know, though. Well, it's crazy a- ass shit happened in the 40s. <laughs> also, her dad fought if he was with the Justice Society. He fought Valhalla over and over again for 40 years. So what do you know about that? Okay, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Maybe but, when he was CEO, he had to run out of a big, important meeting to hold up an old timey gangsta holding up a bank. <laughs> All right. With right. a Tommy gun, obviously a Tommy oh, it's, gun. Yeah, it's got a big drum on the yeah, bottom. Yeah, fedora. Sure. Yeah. You know what's going on here. <laughs> My next note was Jesse's relationship with her mom. And what I took from, uh, there's a few things that I took from that in the story. The moment that she witnesses her mom doubting what being a hero really accomplishes, it's kind of a big deal when you see a parent 
in a moment of weakness as a kid, it's, it's really hard to see. Being a parent myself, that's clearly one of the things you want to try to do is you don't want to, you're going to feel sad or you're going to feel upset. And it's, you try to shield that from your kids. Jesse doesn't get that. She, she has, she has to experience watching her mom lose the thought of what being a hero is. And that's, that's huge. And it, when they, when you start to realize that your parents aren't invincible and you start to realize that they're human, it hurts. So again, it's another thing where I'm seeing Jesse is going through this emotional thing, watching all this stuff happen all around her. That stood out to me. At first, the first time I read through this, it's at the very beginning when they're at the father's funeral in this flashback and her mother says the thing that she's like, what do you mean that being a superhero isn't this great thing? And the first time I was like, well, of course she's saying that she's burying yeah. this guy. So of course she's jaded in this moment. But then the second time through and you think about sort of the layers of complexity of the emotion she's experiencing. And I think it's not just that she's sort of incredulous with her. How can superheroes not be worth it? Because that's what she has decided to do. But also it's almost like a retroactive betrayal she feels as herself as a child. This is something I was around my whole childhood and had this very elevated up on a pedestal image of all these heroes. But now you're telling me it's not worth it. So it's the child and her reacting to it, too. Well, you also mentioned that it's hard for you to, as a parent. And also, let me just say that it took me 20 seconds to realize you weren't talking about yourself in third person. <laughs> you same, been, actually same. Thank you. You were, you were, you were, as a parent, you... Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't want to show weakness. Jesse has to. And I was like, what is he about to say about it? He's going full rock on this. This is going to be worth something, right? <laughs> but then I figured out you were talking about Jesse Quick. But just like your parents, like as a parent and parents like to show weakness, on the other side, kids at one point start to learn that their parents are sometimes full of shit. Oh, yeah. Libby doesn't mean any of this shit at the funeral. She really doesn't. She's just, she she is upset. I think there is more to it. She is definitely thinking about her relationship with with superheroism and what that used to mean and what it means now and what it means to have this loss of uh, her husband. Could be her ex husband. Uh, they may have gotten divorced in this continuity. I know they did in the golden age, but. I think more than anything, though, she is just saying things to make herself feel better at a funeral. And so Jesse, quick not starcher, is having to deal with simultaneously being the attack on her childhood that Emily mentioned, but also being like, you're just you're you're you are you are just lashing out, mom, which is probably something that her mom hadn't really done a whole lot prior. So it's it's kind of a very interesting head on collision. It's it's like a, a cold front meeting a warm front, and now Jesse has a storm to deal with the relationship between her and her mother even though the a lot of the plot elements of the comic are about her and her father and dealing with her father's death and legacy and all those things 
the emotional core of the present day events of the story are very much about her and her mother. Oh, yeah. And that is the core of the book. And it's always interesting to see the mother-daughter relationship written by men and if they get that right and they get how weird they could be. And I think it gets nailed in this book. I think it's one of the things that for a story that could be a little disjointed or there's a lot of things coming together, that all anchors a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And I Did- think it's interesting, too, that her father dies and she doesn't necessarily feel compelled to go out and murder someone but it's oh well now you beat up my mom too well i'm going to come kill you (laughs) i i didn't know i thought i and i might have missed this in the book but i thought she already had her mind made up she saw christine again she was going to kill her more than anything she was already grappling with her mom was putting a bunch of pressure on her not being a hero her dad's dead so now this person comes out of here and fucks with her mom. Well, I don't want to be a hero anymore. And at this point in the DC universe, especially one of the quickest ways not to be a hero anymore would be to decapitate a villain at high fucking hyper speed with a katana because she would be, she would have no choice but to not be the choice to be taken away from her. Right. And that's what she's agonizing over on some level here is every choice she has. Is she going to be a hero or a CEO? What, what's up with her mom? What's up with her dad? Does she want to go forward? All these things. Then a lot of choices would be taken from her. Mm-hmm. And she ultimately... and But she would also... She would feel like she had control while simultaneously not having to do anything after that. And that can be a very exciting possibility for people in time. Did Libby hang up the stop being a hero after Johnny's death and then became this corporate lady? Or is she, is she still doing Libby? I think Libby? she had done it before he died, actually. Okay, okay. I don't know if she was his corporate lady. I don't know yet. I think that she had quit prior. Okay. It doesn't right. say at least in this book, but it's sort of implied yeah, like, that's that kind of what my, I got. That was just my assumption that she had kind of hung it up before then. Yeah, Johnny left uh, the company to Jesse. I it, it would appear that assistant is the wrong word because she it's way more than that. But she does appear to be taking on a lot of those roles at the same time. So Emily, you work in a more more like what well, is there a term for somebody like that? Not even executive assistant, but somebody beyond that, like day handler. We see Liberty Bell, Libby, talk to her assistant at some point. So maybe that's where that that, she's talking on the phone to somebody and being like, you got to learn to rack and stack these appointments if you want to be an executive assistant. Right. So she's talking to some assistant. My assumption based on watching every season of Succession multiple times is that the father leaves the company to her, but the mother is probably on the board. She probably has voting shares in the company or something. It's, I understand for narrative purposes why it's Jesse, but if you're the mom, that's kind of a slap in the face. Well, like, I think they had Jesse's divorced. not that old. The mom's probably not that old. So yeah, but I think I think Johnny and Libby had divorced. I can't. Oh say well, that's sure. a horse of a different color. But they definitely divorced in the golden age. I don't remember in main continuity. But if they had, then this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. If they had it, it's sort of insulting. That yes. that might also then go along with my theory that she's a voting member on the board, and that's why. She she's so involved because that's the kind of thing this lady would demand in the divorce <laughs> again she's a ball buster <laughs> all right yep. speaking of speaking of mother right so so many great songs about mother what song did you think of when you were reading this about mothers mm. I'll go first if you need me to somebody else has an idea oh I do not have an idea off the top of my head but I mean it, it 
You would have to go with Zidanzig. I was thinking the same thing, bro. When I read this, it was like mother, mother, or Tracy Bonham's mother. Uh, don't know that one. I don't think. I was. She screams everything. Can you hear me? From like 1995 like or some shit. Maybe She's I like, heard that. I'm losing my mind. Everything's fine. <laughs> So, maybe we're showing our age. Is Jesse younger than No, that? Jesse's like a year older. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Jesse is the world's number one Cyberforce fan. He is That's right. He has uh, an impact tattoo on his back. Uh, it's his shoulder, upper left, upper left. I d- I'm sorry, I wasn't supposed to let rip, the fence It's know. Rip Claw's claw coming over. It's what it right, is. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. I did not think about any songs about mothers. I was too busy going, it's the circle. <laughs> yeah, that's so. fair. That's fair. This is a very musical issue musical. of Jesse, uh, Wonder Woman plus Jesse Quick. <laughs> The last thing it was the dancing one primarily for me. Just uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For whatever reason, I mean, it just it just seemed that's perfect. That's perfect. What do you think, Emily? Does it fit? Mother, mother. Still talking about and it. if you want to see hell with me. <laughs> that is definitely a song that would play when this woman walks into the room. Yeah, you know what? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. That for should sure. be her entrance music, which is my way of also now segueing into saying that I couldn't not picture the glow character Liberty Bell every single time. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Nice. Can I also that. mention that when Jessie shows up for her first day at work, she's dressed like Lady Ozymandias from Washington. <laughs> she has this this weird tunic dress on. She looks a lot like Homeboy, or she she's at least serving up that image. She's closet cosplaying as Emandius. Yeah, could very well be. Well, he's the smartest man in the world. You're gonna copy somebody. I guess it's him. My last uh, couple notes here for Jesse Quick. This whole thing where I think she's planning on getting revenge. Wonder Woman shows up and is right beside her. She is the embodiment of what a woman hero is. And I find it... I mean, just a hero, to be honest, right? Uh, Sure, yeah. Well, absolutely. You're right. She she is is the pinnacle of the ladies as well. She, you're going to name, if you're going to name woman superheroes, she's going to probably be number one. Right. And who else would Jesse Quick look up to as, okay, I got my mom who's a hero. I got my dad who's a hero. But Wonder Woman, I'm certain, holds a top three spot as far as heroes go in her mind. And Wonder Woman is right there with her trying to track down these servants of Savitar, but that does not change her mind at all. She's still planning on killing this other person and giving up the hero life. She's still planning on killing Christina. And again, the, the reason well, if there's I'm there's any JLA member who would understand that it's Wonder Woman who will kill on occasion. Snap a snap a dude's neck, if I remember correctly. Right, later on that yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but also, Wonder Woman's a soldier. Look at her. She has a sword. Sometimes she has an axe and a sword and a shield. She's Amazonian. They fight. That's part of war. She's also an ambassador and a princess. That's part of being, in some ways, she is either the commander-in-chief or the second, you know, or, or the command, whatever the second in command of the command, the joint chief of staff or what the fuck it ever would be. So war, war is a part of her life and killing is a part of so I don't think Wonder Woman wanted her to kill us. Obviously she didn't. But if there was anyone you were going to pull this in front of, a lot better than, say, Batman or Superman or <laughs> Martian Manhunter or whatever. A lot fewer sanctimonious speeches. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, I think we definitely have to talk about the 
pinnacle of the, the moment of this book where she's about to kill Christina and the lasso comes in and grabs her and brings her back out of the speed force and also has her reveal realize some things about herself. But I don't want to Man, what a, what a, what a handy thing. What the lasso of truth? Yeah, just give me that and I would be I would be straightened out in no time. I know. Like like you're just like, oh well that's it. I can't hide from myself. Yeah. That was probably as far as what landed this book. There was a lot of emotional stuff going on. But then when that moment happened, that's where I was. Man, this is a really good random issue I was not expecting. I was not expecting to feel and understand this much about Jesse Quick going right. into this book. It's definitely a book that will make you laugh and, and cry. Got a lot going on here. Yeah. So the lasso comes in, pulls Jesse out from making probably the biggest mistake of her life. And then as she comes out of there, she's so mad. She's so upset. And then everything just peels away and she realizes what is going what's going on in her head she she starts thinking about how her dad had abandoned her i think she's blaming her dad for dying which is that's a thing well the the thing is he made a choice right and he made that choice at that instant because the speed force is heaven for speedsters to actually become a part of it is it's a metaphysical that's the, that's the metaphysical apotheosis of everything they exist for. Barry Allen is the lightning bolt that strikes himself. Mm-hmm. So it's it he fell in love with it and he could when he saw that beauty he couldn't stop and 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 that 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 hit home for me. My dad killed himself. He made a choice. I think that Johnny was a little less dire and dark than that. But it's still weird to have to deal with the fact that your dad made a choice. To, even if it was a great choice, the same choice you'd make. Yeah, you have to deal with the fact that your dad made a choice to do something that never talked to you again. Yeah, that moment that she talks about where her dad her dad rushed in to try and save her too. That he, was the, he does save her. Yeah. So he that's, rushes that's in. That's why he gets to the speed force because he goes too fast. He goes so fast. He, and, but the thing is, is that Jesse's just trying to, she can't reconcile that in her head. She blames him for doing that. She feels he left her alone on purpose. There was some other type of solution. And I, I felt bad for Jesse because you think that she would understand, look, he was trying to save you. That happened because he was trying to save you. But regardless, she still blamed him. And I guess that's something that grief does. Blame's a tough word. I think she she, she didn't know until she came so close to the speed force just how beautiful it was and how much she would want to be a part of it. And like she said, she has to come to terms with the fact that it's, at the end of this, it's less that her dad blamed her and then more that she can come to terms with it because she's like, I think I would have made the same call if Wonder Woman hadn't been there with the lasso. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's hard to say no to heaven. That's See, that's the thing. That's the other thing about this. She doesn't care about going back to the real world. She's just ready to go and essentially be dead. She would be dead to everybody else in, our, in, in yes. the real world. And she then sees uh, as dead as you get in the DC universe. Right, right. But when she's pulled back, she's able to kind of realize, well, yeah, that's what my dad went through. One of the more poignant moments of this book, I'm telling you right there, where she realizes that and she goes through the rest of this. But I'm going to pull back here. Emily, you got some thoughts on what happens with Wonder Woman or, and Jesse Quick here at the at the end of the book or throughout the book? I thought it was interesting that at the end, we were talking about this is a Jesse Quick book sort of plus Wonder Woman rather than the other way around like the title is. 
But it's interesting to me that somebody who's really trying to decide if she's going to even keep being a hero or not and grappling with all these things, ultimately what saves her and sort of renews her, her faith in doing this is getting saved by a superhero. Yes. Because Wonder Woman yes. does save her. So even though Jessie is sort of the star of the book, ultimately she is someone who just gets saved like any other p- number of people might get saved in a comic book. So I think there's a nice sort of cyclical thing in there. Maybe bring some of that childlike wonder back to it for her. She gets saved by her hero. She gets her, you know, her right. own picture of you in my locker kind of hero. <laughs> The first time through, I won't say I didn't like the character, but she does spend a lot of time... She talks about how Wonder Woman's almost like creepy because she's smiling all the time, and she's like, oh, my mom's here again. Even if it's all valid, she does spend a lot of the book just kind of being like, uh, it's Jesse Quick's, like, no, no good, very bad day. Yes. <laughs> but the strength of the ending is is is, is very powerful. And the second time through, I found her a lot more sympathetic all the way through after I had read the ending. And I find her very relatable in parts, too. At one point, one of the best parts, even the first read through for me with her as a character is when her mom shows up to just kind of unload on her and she just escapes out the window rather than deal with her. Right, right. She leaves. Yeah, why would you stay there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, are you okay? You look constipated, dear. I am not listening to this bullshit. <laughs> See you later. Her mom is there to give her some snack wells and take away her Rocky Road and butter pecan. Like, <laughs> right. She's there to put her on a diet, tell her her skin's going to break out. She's like, I'm not doing this. Ultimately, this book is a, a lot about healing. Jesse Quicks, it, it, to me, is a damaged character at the beginning of this. There's so much about healing that happens here. You, you mentioned how she gets saved by Wonder Woman. And it's that turning point where she's like, I, I can heal. And the next thing that needs to heal is my relationship with my mom. Uh, she brings Diana in to kind of help that. Which, again, another strength of this book in my opinion is this whole this whole message of healing and watching it from jesse's point of view go through i'm going to get revenge i'm i don't care about being a hero anymore i just want somebody to pay and then by the end of this she realizes that it's there's a there's another way to go about it there's a way to action there it doesn't have to be the somebody has to pay the ultimate price for this you can move past it and work on yourself and your relationship with others but emily i interrupted you did you have anything else to say no, I disagree. I think it wraps up nicely for something that did have a lot going on. And I could see how it would be something they could have built off of, even if it is sort of nicely self-contained on itself. I had some logistic questions about the Speed Force reading this as somebody oh, who's well. not super well-versed in it. Well, then. So you said, so the dad sort of dissipates into this heaven of the... Yeah. Of the Speed Force. But then you also have people who are still running around in it. What do you mean running around in it? Well, the lady Christina, is it? That she's going to kill the Speed uh-huh. Force. She's going to find, was it Savitar? Savitar, yeah. In the Speed Force. Is he just running around? Like, No, you're not running around. You're, you're, you're part of the energy of the Speed Force. So you can get into the Speed Force and find someone's life force and extract it. He, when, when speedsters die, they become part of the speed force. But right. you can still find their individual life essence and extract it if you want. Gotcha. Okay. But it's really, really hard to do. 
And also, most of them don't want to leave. I have not read this particular Flash story. I'm way behind on the Mark Wayne 90s Flash. I, I could never pick it up on the reg. Well, I read Terminal Velocity, but that's I don't think that's not this story. I don't think anyway. Or if it was, I've forgotten it. But that's the way I understand the Speed Force. And there may be a little more to it. But it's one of those things where you get all Jesus stuff. It's like the Holy Spirit. They're all the Speed Force, but they're all also not the Speed Force. So So speedsters on Earth are tapping into the Speed Force, which is made up of speedsters who are the Speed Force. But the Speed Force is also a metaphysical thing in and of itself that they tap into and become. So are we to read some bitterness in the moment where she's recounting how the Flash managed to come back from it because he had this love from a woman that's so strong? She's like, well, I guess my dad didn't love me enough to find his way back. Is that supposed to be implied? That is. And she has to come with the terms that it's not that her dad didn't love her enough. Her dad, Johnny Quinn, could totally find his way back. But he's in heaven and he's happy now. That's why he had to break the barrier. Flash didn't, when Flash got trapped in the speed force of memory service, he didn't really want to do it. He loved her so much he went to the speed force for her and she had to see that. And he didn't have any jerk friends like Buffy did to make him come back from Right, 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 right. No, he just has Wally West who's manipulating her and making sure that Impulse becomes flat. What a chode move. Yeah, wow. That was rough. Not cool, man. Not cool. No. All right, Dean. Especially because Jesse Quick would be a fine Flash. There's no reason that she couldn't be Flash. She's super fast. She's really smart. She lo- She takes care of people. She also has a bit of super strength because she gets that from her mom. So what's the what's the problem here, Flash? That kid's 13. He's not going to be Flash for like 12 more years. If you ain't going to be the Flash right now, why ain't it going to be Jesse Quigg? Right, dude. Right. I, enjoy- I enjoyed the book. I think that they throw a lot at you. And I think that there are times when I wasn't sure it was going to come together. I think it comes together all right. It's a very, very strong ending. I like Wonder Woman is the heavy. Wonder Woman just shows up and he's beating the shit out of people. <laughs> I like when Jesse quickly doesn't recognize her. You're like, really? this is obviously Wonder Woman. Like, look, look at this. <laughs> Uh, overall, it's 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 it, it's it's definitely more of a an emotional thinker than you would believe in a one shot that's designed to get you interested in the character. But I tell you what, you get pretty interested in Jesse Quick. Like they they pretty do quick, so- pretty quick. <laughs> that's right. No, no. <laughs> Only Jesse gets to make those jokes because Jesse right. is Jesse Quick. See? That's right. I th- I think that the ninjas looked cool. It was weird how, like, at one point, the Wonder Woman, she's like, now that they, even though they don't have their super speed, they're still just as dangerous. No, <laughs> no, no. I mean, they're still really dangerous because they're ninjas. But without their super speed, they're 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 less dangerous. I would rather listen. I don't want to fight a ninja at all. No. Nope. Right. But if I was gonna fight one, I would much less want to fight one with super speed. Absolutely. The ninja I want to fight least of all is the guy from Madison Square Garden, <laughs> the Carnage concert, who had the knife because he had to be a ninja to get that in there. That's he a had to. Weapon. He That's had a big to. knife. It's like he stuck a katana in there because he is a fucking ninja. Right. <laughs> Still have not changed my profile pick to that yet. And I don't know why I haven't. I need to be that guy. <laughs> one day you're going to have to because everyone wants to be that guy. Mm-hmm. But one of the things they also show that this is underrated and it's not hit over the head. And, and as somebody who 
has to go to treatment for my PTSD and stuff. It also talks about very, very quietly the importance of having a friend. Jesse Quick needs somebody to help her sort this out who's not her. You need a support system. And Wonder Woman... Just all the whole time, she's like, I just told you all this bullshit, and you just told me I can handle it. You're smiling. Bitch. But really, she's, oh, man, you were right. I needed this from you in the end. I needed you to be positive and keep supporting me and letting me know I'm doing good things. And then I have trouble. At one point, they're chatting, and she's, oh, yeah, mothers are tricky. I have Because tr- she has her own weird relationship with her mom. I think like a year and a half before this, her mom, in the thing we're going to read, they have a contest for a new Wonder Woman. And her mom rigs it so Diana loses because she had a vision (laughs) that Wonder Woman was going to die. Well, spoiler alert, Wonder Woman does. Mm. But guess what? It's not Diana. It's It's, the person who herself. It's the replacement. So now Diana's like, you you screwed me over here. It either should have been me or I wouldn't have died. You saw so you made that happen. Right. And so they have other issues too. But again, when Diana disappears for a while, I don't remember if she's dead in quotes or just, I don't know, cosmically sleeping or something. I can't remember, but her mom becomes Wonder Woman for her, which is a very interesting, also very very interesting aspect of their relationship. Right, right. It's like when your mom puts on your prom dress and is like, oh, look, it fits me. <laughs> Can't say that I've had that happen. <laughs> I haven't either. It's just I watch a lot of sitcoms. So. Uh, okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Jesse has a very, very well-made prom dress. and it's mm. not <laughs> Right behind the Punisher emblem. <laughs> right, right, right. Actually, back- is the Punisher emblem. It looks <laughs> like a tapestry. <laughs> That would be perfect. Like a smart mermaid cut guy. Oh my goodness. You're actually going to spin really cool. fast the Wonder of 70s Wonder Woman to change into <laughs> yes. it. Yes. Yes. But, uh, but all in all, this is, a, this is a solid book. It's certainly worth the one to five dollars you're going to pay for it now. If you find it in a bin, it's it's a nice pickup. Again, I think Mike Collins does a great job penciling and Tom Palmer was great on inks. They they create this good atmosphere. And I also enjoyed the little callback to when Wonder Woman worked at Taco Wiz. Right. Where like, she's the employee employee of the month. month. Jesse Quick is like, what the fuck is going on here? (laughs) That was me. I'm reading it too. And I'm like, what the, why the fuck is she working at the Taco Wiz? So what was that about? I don't remember why she worked at Taco Wiz, to be honest. So they didn't have to pay the creator's family. We went over this earlier. Right, 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 (laughs) right, right. So that Joss Whedon could copy it later on Buffy. Okay. That's why. That's why. I don't remember exactly why, but I do remember that at a time when Wizard Magazine wasn't giving Wonder Woman a lot of love, they were like, this is actually pretty interesting. Hmm. And I'd like to go back and I'd like to go read it one day. Because I don't think I have, but I I remember knowing what was going on at one point, but I haven't ever read it. But I remember the, the cover of her serving up the slop. Yeah. I want to read that issue because I want to see it from the perspective of another employee who's trying to compete with Wonder Woman for Employee (laughs) of the Month. Can you imagine somebody who's Employee of the Month nine straight months? And it was like Wonder Woman is seething. (laughs) That's a great story. Do you think anybody was ever going through this Taco Wiz and it would be like one of those days when when rich celebrities cosplay poor people? They're like, Ben Affleck was at the Dunkin' Donuts today for charity. Do you think anybody was like, oh, Wonder Woman's here. So what do you represent? He's like, no, this is my job. Like, what do you mean? Aren't you Wonder Woman? Wait a second. Like, like, I'll be here tomorrow. Well, then so will I. (laughs) Yep. I'll be back. 
All right. Well, yeah. Hey, my final thoughts on this book for something that I was not expecting at all to hit as hard as it did. It did a, it did a great job. I think this is uh, my personal opinion is that this is a gem. This is something that if I see it, I will actually pick it up. Normally I'm, I'm a little frugal at the comic store. I don't, I don't, I don't really throw down the bucks, right? Right. Right. But if I see this thing, I'm going to pick it up because it, it spoke a lot to me. It really did. There was a lot in here. Two C's for you were cyber force and cash. (laughs) Right, three. And you don't get one out unless it involves the other. You forgot about cheap. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot CNC about that one. The C and C starcher factory. The C and C That's perfect. But yeah, yeah, man. I think this was a this was a great pick. I, I don't know if we would have found a story like this in any of those other plus issues. For I have sure. No idea. We'll have to look at a few of them. But but yeah, this was really good for a random pick. Just had some extra time and thought it would be something that we'd have fun doing. I like what do it. you think, Emily? I agree for something that, yeah, picked by that criteria. Absolutely. Definitely a a gem of a little book. I also feel you wouldn't know this necessarily from the cover, although I think you probably should if you're a fan of the Flash in this era, but this is sort of a must read if you're a Flash fan because there's some character stuff on the Flash you're not going to see there, and it ties up some loose ends from Flash stuff that, again, it doesn't really mention it on the cover, so... Another thing to keep in mind that if you're if you're a Flash person, this is a book you should probably get. That's a good point. All right, well, let's go ahead. We'll get into plugs. Dean Compton, tell them about the Unspoken Decade. Well, we're celebrating ten years of the Unspoken Decade this year. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, a yeah. Decade of the Unspoken Decade. Yeah, call us oh. Double D because it's Ed, Ed, and Eddie over here, right? <laughs> So yeah, we're doing that and we got a lot of great stuff. We're up over 10,000, 10,000 members at the Facebook, 16,000 followers. We got a lot going on over there. The website continues to plug along. We're going to try and get some of the old band together to write some write some articles this year to celebrate 10 years. That's and great. we're having we're having a good time. We're just having, we all we're always having a good time trying to keep the vibe very positive. A decade of the unspoken decade. Boy, yeah. we're going to have to remember that. that that's why we pay Emily the big bucks. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Give her a big smooch as soon as we get off of here. <laughs> yeah, so what a thrill for her. <laughs> <laughs> she just left. There was a puff of smoke. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Uh, so yeah you can check out you're you're listening to this show right here we are actually you know what before i get into that emily do you have anything you want to plug oh goodness gracious i do intend to write something for this hero website soon but just keep keep an eye it's been a while guys yeah i hear you (laughs) some great stuff in the past to check out though that's right. Go ahead, check out that archive because there's a lot of stuff in there. You could, they're right, all right there. I think on the right hand side, you can go down and take a look at any month and any year, if I remember correctly. Is that where it's yeah, at? Yeah, yes. that, that is correct. And oh, you should check out Emily's Mr. Hero article. It's the best article on the internet about Mr. Hero. Very good. Well, for myself, most likely you guys are listening to the Unspoken Issues podcast on the Source Material Comics feed. We go through the W2Mnet.com, guys. They hook us up with the bandwidth, give us a spot to call our own here, and we appreciate you listening. In the past, you can hear myself and Dean Compton and Derry talk claws and webs, baby. That's right. Wolverine, Venom, Nightmare. The ethereal astral plane. <laughs> Weird ass looking Professor X. Weird ass. Yes, for sure. We cover the Marvel Comics Presents issue. Well, we cover the story that fell in Marvel Comics Presents there by drawn by one Sam Keith. So it's one of the few times I get to gush about. Sure, one of my favorite be a Max movie? 
No. Yeah, Channing Tatum apparently is going to make a Max movie. <sighs> His dream project. Come on. Look it up. I mean, I read articles about it the other day. Why would you? Why would I make this up? Come on. This is one of his hobbies. He just spreads lots of lies about Channing Tatum. <laughs> Channing, Channing Tatum was supposed to be Gambit, wasn't he, at one point? Like that's one of the reasons why he's going forward with this is that fell through. Yeah, that's fell. That's what wow. that's what he said in the article I read. So that's that's crazy. The so, max. Yeah, look that up. Just look up Channing. Just Google Channing Tatum the Max. And like, what kind know. of whacked out stuff would that be live action? I don't know, but he said he's very inspired by the cartoon. That's where he yeah the Max. So uh, if you watch the cartoon and you read the comics, you get it. It'll be interesting to see for sure. Content warning. <laughs> Means his head is big enough. Whoa. <laughs> That was rude. That was rude. Shots that was rude. fired. I was trying to think. They hit the big teeth. They hit the big Mac and Oh, man. Man, oh, man. Uh, prior to Claws and Webs, you could hear me and Evan Bevins. We are talking Booster Gold 52 pickup, and we had a blast talking about that. Uh, a lot of fun. I love me some time travel. As a matter of fact, I think we're going to continue the Booster Gold discussion, and we're going to go into Volume 2 at some point, because Volume 1 was great. And from what Evan said, Volume 2 is right up my alley, so I am down to talk about it. All right, we're going to go ahead and get on out of here for Dean Compton, for Emily Scott. I'm Jesse Starcher. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us. Unspoken Issues is part of the UnspokenDecade.com, the home for 90s comics, blogs, and podcasts. Unspoken Issues also has a Facebook group you can join if you are interested. Just search the Unspoken Issues podcast and request to join. All of this would not be possible without W2Mnet.com so make sure to seek them out for more podcasts. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please feel free to share and we look forward to entertaining you again soon.